Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riley Factor, a wrestling podcast highlighting Midwestern independent wrestling. My name is AC Riley, talking to you today about ACW's four-year anniversary. A little bit behind schedule on the uh, podcast, but I did want to apologize for that just because it's been really busy with the shoot job, with the shoot life. Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. I lied. I don't have a life, but that's how it is. But uh, hopefully uh, the Grapple Talk Network's podcast have been making up for my absence with this show. Because let's be honest, all three of you, you'll get over it. Nobody's listening to the show. Except me, maybe one other person, and maybe one other person. That's it. But thank you for listening. If you are listening, appreciate your time. Appreciate the uh, the support. Um, appreciate the support of the Grapple Talk Network, which the Riley Factor is a part of. You can check out Grapple Talk at The Grapple Talk on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, plug some of the shows on the Grapple Talk Network, and then, we'll, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about ACW's four-year anniversary with Scott Williams once again on the show. Uh, we're going to break things down, what we loved, what we hated, and hopefully it's a good discussion topic. Hopefully you enjoy it. You're listening to The Riley Factor. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our Spotlight in the Squared Circle segment where we highlight local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. This is Chris from Spot Monkey Media. Are you a professional wrestler, a promoter, a business owner, Spot Monkey Media is graphic design for the wrestling professional. We offer design services for t-shirts, event posters, 8x10s, logos, and even ring gear. But if you're not in the wrestling business, we work outside the ropes. Go to spotmonkeymedia.com for more information. Spot Monkey Media, create your legacy. Hello wrestling fans, Cole Cabana coming to you live from the One Hour Tease Arena in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. The pro wrestling action has been great so far. As you can see, Joey really dominating the ring so far. There's a beautiful belly-to-back suplexing. Uh-oh, looks like Joey's shirt has been ripped. What's up with that? You ripped my shirt! Let's go check an instant replay, see exactly what happened there. You can see Joey's shirt ripped from the collar, and that's not good when you're trying to wear your pro wrestling t-shirt. And you ripped my shirt! It's my only shirt! Joey! Hey, it looks like Ryan from One Hour Tees just threw Joey Ryan a brand new t-shirt! Thanks, pro wrestling tees! ProWrestlingTees.com, over 3,000 wrestling t-shirts designed and sold by pro wrestlers. Wrestlers such as Steve Austin, CM Punk, Macho Man, Mick Foley, DDP, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake, Hexaw, Jim Duggan, Scott Hall, Ted DiBiase, Cole Cabana, Joey Ryan, Cliff Compton, and the entire Bullet Club. All stores owned by pro wrestlers. Support pro wrestling today and visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast, Deach and Dash. That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network 
and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. So we're doing this after ACW's four-year anniversary here at the Oshkosh Sonic Center. Once again, recapping ACW, uh, recapping the show afterwards. It's myself and Hotshot Scott Williams of the Ross Family Matters podcast. You know, had a lot of fun doing this with Legacy, and I think uh, it's something moving forward we should do, you know, anytime we have the opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for it. So, so again, we talked about Legacy last time, talking about ACW, and tell you what, Scott, we have a lot to talk about, so let's just jump right into it. It's been kind of a long night, but it's been a great night of wrestling action, so let's get started. Let's just get started with the, the, the pre-show thoughts here, so... Huge, huge draw tonight. ACW always does a great opportunity, great time drawing into people. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, ACW's drawing 300, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, it was okay. It was an all right draw. Most people would kill for 300, and that's their worst night. And in this case, we saw at least 450. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you know what's great about this company? Four years... Uh, they continue to get bigger and better, and they're consistent in what they draw. And this is their big, you know, now they've got two big shows every year. They have a convention show. We'll talk about that later sure. in the show. And then this anniversary show. And it absolutely didn't disappoint. Um, and i got to say on a personal note, it's been an honor and a privilege to be part of this company for four years. I've been at every show but two since the restart. Sure. And uh, this one, again, was, was top-notch. And of course, uh, you know they had uh, they, they had the seats listed, and then the the, the highest count went to three fifty. And remember, that was just the third row to make sure that each you know everybody in the third row and the second row and the front row was accounted for, make sure they got the right seats. And there was plenty of more rows after three fifty. So, you know, easily four hundred fifty chairs out there. The the place was packed. There was standing room only. Huge, everybody was packed in for a great night of wrestling action. So, you know, obviously the show started off with what ACW means to the, the roster. You know, you got to say some words. I got to say some words. The rest of the roster got to say some words about how great it is to be part of ACW. So, you know, if you'd like to see that, I'm sure ACW is going to post that on their Facebook page and their YouTube. Because I know they're trying to beef up their YouTube content. But let's just get into action, all right? Enough, enough pussyfooting around, Scott. So first match of the night, it was the a triple threat tag team match. We saw the team of Wild and Randy. We saw uh, Brock Hall and Logan Lynch. And we got to see the Savage Kings of Maru and Devlin Kane. Your thoughts on this match? Okay, so it's a great way to start. So you get a title a match right out of the gate. Yep. And uh, I, I got to say this. I, I, I mean, Maru and Devlin Kane are truly one of my and they've only been together a short time as a team my favorite tag team on the circuit they yeah. really are I just I love the the pairing of them I think they should continue that in other places maybe add like a third person or a manager because you know obviously neither one talks yeah but I love it and it was a good triple threat match and you know you start the night out with the you know with the unexpected, the young team, two guys right out of the ACW recently, I should say right out of, recently out of the ACW training school. Right. And, and, and Wild and Randy, and they win the titles, and, and what a great way to start. And, and it just goes to show a couple things. One, you got this great talent coming out, you know, jerking the curtain, so to speak, and you're showing, look at how quickly these guys graduated 
and now elevate themselves and get better and better and better. Well-deserved championship and their first run for Randy Fitzsimmons and uh, Willie Wilde, and, and I'm happy for them. Absolutely, and it really just showcases the, the ACW tag team division, which I feel like a lot of places, you know, they might say they have a great tag team division, but in reality they only have two tag teams. Right. That's not a division, that's a tag team match. And, you know, in this case, we see three tag teams, then we see two tag teams later on in another match. We'll get to that in a bit. But, again, you know, we see the young team, you know, get the win here, and it really sets the pace for the rest of the night that anything can happen. The crowd was happy with the result, obviously. And, again, the Savage Kings, Maru and Devlin Kane, it's a great pairing. You know, not necessarily the same, you know, slice of bread, so to speak, but you have a savage Samoan and you have a savage Viking that are united by, you know, savagery. And why I say they should have a manager is they really remind me of guys that would have been part of General Skandar Akbar's stable back in the right. 80s. You know, guys who are just, you know, from different parts of the world, different backgrounds that just go out there and maul you. And right. But, you know, and again, I, I hope we haven't seen the last of them here in AC. Absolutely. And I mean, even if you want to reference them to a more, like, modernized tag team, you know, the authors of Pain and NXT, and you have Paul Ellerling that's, you know, managing them and talking for them while they're just going around destroying people left and right, but then you have this, you know, this legendary manager speaking on behalf of them, very sinister, and, you know, really getting the point across on a verbal standpoint while they display what they're about on a physical standpoint. I'm going to quickly just peek through the fourth wall here say one more thing before we move on to the next match. Sure. The only thing I'd like to see different is I want Maru not to be com- comedic at all, right. but to be such a savage that when he beats people, he doesn't even remember how to pin them sometimes. He's got to exactly. You know, and he's got to be rolling over on his back. In a, in a bloodlust that it's just about fighting, fighting, right. fighting, not in an actual wrestling contest where the winner can only be determined by pinfall or submission. Right, right, right. And I, I think what I really enjoyed about their tag team maneuver as well is that the fact that, you know, both guys are savage, but the way that they were displayed tonight, Devlin Kane was almost the mastermind, which is a kind of a new side of Devlin Kane that we typically don't see. Because typically he's the one that's always managed and he's doing all the monster, you know, you know, aspects. He's he just the brute. But in this case, he came off as the more calm and collect individual, so he seemed like he was the one in charge. Right. Well, and to I me, guess that was different. Lieu, yeah, in exactly. Lieu of not having a manager. Absolutely. So match two wasn't quote unquote scheduled. Um, we saw Nathan Gust, who again has been here. You know what's? Let me sidetrack for one second. What's great about this roster sure. is there's so many guys that have been here since day one. Absolutely. Now you've been around. I've been around. We've been through a lot of federations. It's rare to see this many guys last four years with a company. Right. And and they have. So Nathan Gus did. He came out. He issued an open challenge. He wanted a fight on on the biggest show of the year, and he got one. Absolutely. He got you know. Most people, when you think of an open challenge, you know, he had, he had issued out a challenge to, you know, people that, as we mentioned, you know, don't last four years. You know, we, you know he issued a challenge to Tyler Sunday, Marley, Mario Camillo, Satan Shadows, no longer, you know, currently with ACW, not to say that they may n- never come back, right. but, you know, again, really emphasizing that he's been here since day one. So the person that accepted the challenge... Former ECW legend, or I'm I'm sorry, former ECW star, ECW legend, Little Guido Nunzio, and honestly, I was very impressed about this match because Nunzio he's pushing 45. He was rolling around like he was he was back in his 20s. 
And Gus actually was keeping up with him. I mean, in a lot of cases, we've seen that, you know, the, Gus has definitely had a lot of wear and tear as a wrestler. Um, a lot of cases, he, he really can't move the way he is, you know, could back in the day. You know, he has that, uh, he has that, uh, uh, he has that issue with his hip that's been around since birth. And, you know, he was rolling around and keeping up with a guy like Nunzio. And it was actually really impressive. What was great about this match, is, especially as the rest of the card shaped up, um, is this was a lot of mat, a lot of amateur type wrestling, a lot of shooting. Yeah, it was a lot of, it was very different for the, you know, we go from the triple threat, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, suicide dives and a lot of, you know, big spots. And then we go to the second match was more of like an amateur wrestling match. Absolutely. And it was great. And I'll tell you what, whether you want to call him a member of the FBI, whether you want to call him uh, Little Guido or Nunzio, this guy can see, like, he looks great. Yeah. Uh, he looks, he, pound for pound, one of the toughest guys to ever compete. I mean, you have to be, to be as, as you know, 5'9", and, and not, you know, a heavy, girthy guy. And he took beatings all over, you know, his career. And again, at 45, he's still out there doing it. Yeah. I was impressed. It was, it was fun to watch, and, and again, it was a good change of pace for what was about to come next with the next two matches. I hate to call it a buffer match, but it kind of became that because it was uh, it was different. So it wasn't, you know, high-flying high, high flying action in high-flying action, high-flying action. It was high-flying action and then, you know, some shoot fighting and just, you know, very fast-paced action, but in a different mannerism. And that's what made it different, and that's what made it great was, you know, again, I don't want to call it a buffer match because it didn't feel like one, but it definitely kind of, you know, got people excited for the next high client maneuver instead of being like, oh, great, we just saw that 50 other times this time. And then we would see the scramble match. And this yes. has become an annual tradition. The way this works, last year, Jordy Lee won the scramble. You win a trophy, but that's not the important thing. You also win an open contract to wrestle for any title of your choosing that's anytime right. in the next calendar year. So this is always exciting, and it's usually five guys that are on the cusp of breaking through, right? Yeah. In this case, it was a little different because you had a little of that, but then you had some seasoned Sage veterans in, the, in this match as well. Right. So you saw Jay Cash who's been around a long time. He's re-emerging back on the scene. Looks great. Looks phenomenal. Uh, you have him. You have Big Cat Chris Bogger, who's, you know, again, a, a younger wrestler. He's newer to the sport. He's, he's up and coming. You had the all-night highlight. He's been around a while. Very accomplished. Peter Schwantz. TW3, very accomplished. Absolutely. And then you had Devin Drake, who loves to annoy people, you know, as far he, as when it comes to the fans. You know, him, him calling himself the dick, it's not a gimmick that he thought it'd be fun. He lives that gimmick. Right. He is a dick. But who was the sixth man? Well, we thought we had five. That was only five people booked, and they're ready to square off. We, had, we had somebody else. Yeah, and they're going to lock horns, and all of a sudden, some music plays. It's pretty familiar. You know, Allison Chains. Not a lot of guys use that. And lo and behold, out comes Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer figured I'm in the area. I want to put my hat in the ring. I want to be part of this this scramble. Maybe he wins. Maybe he gets the open contract. Now it became a six-person scramble. And once that starts, Tommy Dreamer becomes, I think, the prohibited favorite. Absolutely. And, I mean, and, he walked out, Scott, 
and the crowd just erupted. Right. You know, and there's a lot of cases. A uh, you know a, a usual baby face might come out, and the crowd is you know excited and everything. But like there's being excited and erupting. Right. And Tommy Dreamer got an eruption of cheers. Everybody it's popped well up. Absolutely. It's well it was it was very much that anniversary moment that you you really want. So like WrestleMania has that moment all the time. They get like you know last WrestleMania we saw the Hardys you know debut yeah, yeah. return rather and the crowd erupted. That's how it felt with ACW tonight. The Tommy Dreamer's music hit and walked out. Crowd blew up. hundred percent. And this match was going all Tommy Dreamer's way, and then it took a weird turn. Yeah. We saw four individuals that were recent graduates of the ACW Wrestling Academy jump into the ring and single out Tommy Dreamer, take him out of the match completely. They disappear. They fight to the catacombs of this building, and Tommy Dreamer is not back for the remainder of the match. And I speculated a couple things. Because these four newly graduated kids, you know, young up-and-coming wrestlers from the academy, Big Cat was from the academy, was this a root, was this part of his plan, you know, right. whatever it was, you know, these are kids that wanted a shot on the card, and you know what, in this business, you know this as well as I, nobody hands you anything, No. maybe they just said, this is our chance, we're going to go after the biggest dog in the yard today, Definitely. and today the numbers game just is, was too much, Tommy Dreamer's gone, it leaves five in the ring, some back and forth action, some near falls, and in the end, the all night highlight, Peter Schwantz now has himself an open contract that he can cash in any time in sure. 2018. And it, you know, from a booking standpoint, it's a great way to get Tommy Dreamer out of the match without it looking stupid. Of course. Because, you know, again, you, you had touch on it, Tommy Dreamer walks out, everybody's like, yep, he's gonna win. Right. That's how it works. Usually, anytime a big name comes in, it's usually they're you know in a in a good advantage to win. They may not always win, but usually they're the odds-on favorite. Usually, yeah, yeah. Um, in this case, it wasn't you know oh I got blindsided by everybody else and they all beat on me and they forgot about the rest of the match. No, in this case, it was four young guys that had a chance to be on the card, pulled Tommy Dreamer out of the equation, came back to a five-man, and then the favors were okay. Tommy Dreamer's out. Who's the new odds-on favor? And then it kind of changed. And, and when you looked at that, who's the new odds-on favorite? Boy, it could have gone a lot of different ways. Right. Um, but I think the two most accomplished guys, as it relates to this company, were, were uh, uh, the All Night Highlight and TW3. Absolutely. So I think people started thinking, oh boy, will it be one of these guys? Or will it be uh, Big Cat Wagner? Will it be Jay Cash, who's won titles all across this state in sure. the past? But it, it, I think it works great. You know, we'll see as that storyline progresses in 2018 what they do with Peter Schwab. Absolutely. I mean, you know, case in point, you'll be seeing, you know, a guy like Jordy Lee who won the scramble, you know, last year and his career moving forward. And we'll, of course, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's exciting to see, you know, you know Peter Swans having that opportunity. And, of course, you know, you know, let's see what happens moving forward. But, you know, speaking of moving forward, we'll move over to the next tag match. Again, the tag team division on display as we saw the Dream Police take on tag team moves. So, Seth Gambino, Don Gotti versus Swoggle and Nick Colucci. 
fans bring the weapons and everything was brought. We saw a Christmas tree. Yeah. We saw broken glass, thumbtacks. Barbed wire. Barbed wire on a board. I mean, everything but a kitchen sink. And honestly, I'm sure it was somewhere. Yeah, and, and this is... And, and by the way, the way I'm going to describe it, please, I'm not diminishing it at all. This is your standard what you'd expect from a Bring Your Own Weapons Battle yeah. Royal. Insane putting your body on the line. Uh, guys that are going to wake up tomorrow morning questioning why the hell they do this stuff yeah. to their body. It was everything guys, no, no. guys that are going to go to the after bar tonight try to drink their beer and are like, oh, why am I so sore? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's where the barbed wire ripped me up. Yeah. It was exactly what you would have thought. I, I, I like these maps. See, what I, here's the thing. I know people who know me have said, I've, I've you know, been a critical of hardcore wrestling. I've been critical of wrestling where the whole card was hardcore. I love hardcore to blow off a few. Yes. These two guys, these two teams, I should say, all four of them from Oshkosh, all four of them came into the business together, for Christ's sake. They all went to high school together. Right. So here's this, finally, this, this civil war of Oshkosh. There's no better way to end it. And in the end, it was Swaggle and Colucci standing tall. Absolutely. And, uh... And again, I just insane. You know, we had it from there. It, even if it wasn't, you know, you had we had to take some intermission. It took a long time to clean up that. But this, this crew here did a great job getting the glass, getting the tax, yeah. getting everything out of there, make sure that everything was safe the rest of the way. Absolutely, and, I, and there was a lot of creative ways to use weapons. So we saw a, we saw an elbow pad that was attached to thumbtacks, which used for. Very hard elbow shots. And I mean, Seth Gambino throws a mean forearm. Right. Adding to some thumbtacks that, you know, forget about it. And of course, we saw, you know, Colucci wrapped in barbed wire around his forearm for a uh, for a lariat. So, you know, very unique offensive, offensive maneuvers there. Um, personally, what I liked about this match is that, you know, a lot of times in a hardcore match, you see, you know, all this crazy stuff happens, always ends in a three count just because... You know, one guy's exhausted, hits a move, pin, it's over. But in this case, we saw a tap-up. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it because it was different. Because they, they, you know, Swoggle used the, the barbed wire, wrapped it around Gambino's mouth, throw him in the cross face, he taps out. And what was interesting is we saw Gotti take a table, and we thought that was probably going to be the finish. Sure. And it, and it wasn't. It was, and that, to me, that's smart booking. Yeah. Because I've always questioned, oh, I hit you 13 times with a chair, and now the 14th one beats you. This made more sense. The yeah. fatigue, the pain, the what he put his body through, the tap out. Great way to end this feud. I'm interested to see when we roll around into January how they start the, the new season, a new year, Absolutely. what direction they take the Dream Police um, as they move on to the next thing. Definitely. And again, I, you know, in a lot of cases, those payoff matches, you could get a pinfall and nobody's going to argue it. Everybody's going to expect it. But again, it, it's, it, cha- it gets different. It's different. Nobody's expecting a tap out because who who often in this case is singles or hardcore or whatever. Not many tap out victories in a lot of cases in wrestling. It's always a pinfall or a count out, whatever you name it. Yep. So intermission, we get the the ring clean, cleaned up. So shout out to the crew for getting that taken care of. Um, after intermission, it was the open uh, the Water City Open Challenge. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think that the Open Challenge has always been a great opportunity to really highlight what ACW is about because I know we saw that Peter Swans with the Open Challenge, a lot of great matches on the card. You know, sometimes easily a match of the night candidate. Yeah. And you know, we saw another one in this case. We saw Colin Brooks uh, with Adam Grace. You know, these two work 
really well with each other. They've they've grown up from uh, the the dojo of pain. Uh, they've wrestled. They've tagged well with each other. They've worked well with each other. This was significant though in many ways. Yeah. Okay. So Adam Grace really started to get his rise and become. The, uh, he's, I mean, he's really he's everywhere and he's doing a great job. I'm, yeah. I've been impressed with him, but he kind of started to cut his teeth here. Absolutely. Right? And so he was back. Also, Eric Lee was back refereeing today, which you know we didn't mention, and, and he was a guy who'd been integral. And yeah. So it was great to see him come back and and back in the circle. But anyway, so here you have two former partners. You expected a good match from two guys that are really, really solid, mm-hmm. really, really good. I, I we know where Adam Grace's Colin Brooks continues to. To get back now, in the early days of Colin Brooks, I thought he had athletic ability and talent, but I thought he just tried to do too many other people's moves. He's become his own entity. Absolutely, he is. He is really fun to watch. He's a perfect choice right now to be carrying that Water City title. And again, the chemistry him and, and Adam Grace had in the ring today was expected, considering how long they worked, you know, with each other and, and with, with, you know, it, it's an easy story to tell when when you've been tagging together so long of you know that each other you know you know each other's moves you know each other's weaknesses you know how to counter their you know their signatures and everything which which added to the drama of the match because of course again you know circling back to the fact it was an open challenge adam grace hadn't been on an acw show for a couple months well, and then of course you know accepting the open challenge on the you know anniversary show was already kind of like a shock and awe in itself um, personally, I kind of wish they would have just kind of waited for him to accept the open challenge because, you know, he announced he was, he was going to be there, like, before the show. Right. He was out at the pre-show selling merch. And, again, I understand you want to make some money. Well, I, I think the problem with it was the way they set it up, they wanted all the championship matches to have the old-school introduction, so there was really no way yeah. to have the big surprise. Sure. You know, but, you know... It, Either way, you know, again, it was it was a good way to start the second half. It certainly wasn't, uh, you know, a, a popcorn match. It was a main event style match. Yes. On, 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 on just about any card that ACW put together, it wasn't the anniversary show. Yeah. And that was a whole lot of fun. Well, I remember last year, Adam Grace and Colin Brooks was the main event here in ACW. And, yes. you know, in that case, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fear of putting them in that position. I know that Colucci had talked to both of them and said, you know, there was, we wanted to put you guys together, but we don't, we initially, there was fear of it being in the main event, but they've wrestled each other plenty of times in main event situations, and they've always delivered, and again, we saw that again tonight, so, you know, very well done by both these two, and hopefully it's not the, the last time that they wrestle you know, against each other oh, in a singles it, competition. It be, I'm sure. Definitely they, not the got, last. They've got years ahead of them. Absolutely. But a guy who's not unfamiliar with main events, a guy who's been a world tag team champion ten times, an intercontinental champion, a hardcore champion twice, believe it or not, and a king of the ring winner, mm-hmm. badass Billy Gunn. Makes his appearance finally. He's been out earlier. People got to meet and greet with him, and he he gets into a match. He takes on Justin Dredd. I, I think it was a great. I, if I'm, I mean, a guy like Justin Dredd, first of all, earned this this shot. Right. A guy who's been grinding for years, mm-hmm. starting off on the smallest of small stages and working his way up to a chance to face a a guy who was on Monday Night Raw for over a decade uh-huh. for crying out loud. 
See, what I really enjoyed, uh, what I enjoy about Justin Dredd is that 2017 has been very kind of him. You know, back in January, he had a match against Pentagon Jr. He had a match with Marche Rocket. He's had a lot of high-profile matches this year because obviously he's more than well deserved to of be in course. that spotlight. And of course, you know, you know, when when you're in the booking committee, it's like, okay, we got Billy Gunn. Who does he wrestle? And Justin Dredd comes on the top of the list. Like, here we need a guy that can go with Billy Gunn that can keep up with him. It's like, well, Justin Dredd's our guy. Well, and that tells you a couple things about Dredd. He's adaptable. Yes. He's easy to work. Mm-hmm. The, the, the two big, best compliments you can get paid as a professional wrestler is you're easy to work and and nobody gets hurt when they wrestle. Right. You know, everything else is just icing on the cake. The fact that he's got an awesome move set is all great. Uh-huh. But the fact that he can adapt and he's easy to work and you're not going to get hurt. And I think they put together a great match. Billy Gunn's 54 years old, for crying out loud. Let me tell you something. First of all, he doesn't look... He looks like he's 34. Oh, yeah. Okay, for one. For two, I watched him on TV for years, and I, I was even on a cart with him when I was wrestling back in SWE. Right. But I didn't get a chance to really interact with him. He's bigger than I remember. Like, he's 6'5". Yeah, you're right. Like, he's a big dude. Um, and uh, it, it, he looked great. And I found out something interesting about Billy Gunn, and I didn't know... Do you know what he did before he was a pro wrestler? What was that? He was a professional bull rider. Okay. And so then, the smoking and, guns gimmick actually makes sense. Yeah, and then when he was in his early 20s, he decided he wanted to train to be a wrestler. And sure. There you go. See, and I think, you know, we, we talked with about Nunzio, how you know, he's pushing 45 and he can still go at his age. And then you look at Billy Gunn, who's 54, yeah. and he's, he's still pushing it, too. You know, he's in the best shape of his life. You know, he's jacked, he's, you know, just, just killing it across the Midwest. He was just at New Japan for, for their tournament yep. as well. So, I mean, he's he's getting bookings, he's working hard, he's busting his ass. And, you know, again, you always, with a name, when you bring him in, you always want the yang to their yang. Yeah. And, you know, a guy like Billy Gunn is going to do suck it, everybody loves it. You know, he, you know, he has obviously, you know, I arguably one of the best wrestling entrances around. You know, just the, the theme, it's, it's very iconic, people know it, people love it, and, you know, if you want, if you have a guy like Billy Gunn, who everybody's going to love to be around, everybody's going to cheer for him, you want a guy that they're absolutely going to boo, and people in ACW hate Justin Dredd. No, you're right, and it's a great foil, but the other thing I'm pointing out about guys like Billy Gunn, okay, so what I, when I was learning how to wrestle, I was told that people want guys that are larger than life, and I don't just mean in height and size, although that's it, sure. but who just... I mean, this guy, the charisma, the, the way he just has the crowd in the palm of the, 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 his entrance, his strut, his, his signature phrases, the way he connects with the crowd, that's what makes superstars superstars and people and other people who are just guys that wish they could be that. Right. And it's not just about what you can do in the ring, it's important, but it's that whole persona, right? He has that, man. I mean, and, and you could just feel how the crowd's fed off of it. And, and that's when you know you get the pleasure, I get the pleasure to be to see these guys this up close. Go, that's why they were superstars. Absolutely. That's why they got the spotlight and they got with everything they deserved because it's not just wrestling's great. But all the other things, the total package, it was yeah. fun. And again, with a guy like Billy Gunn, you know, you know, he he had a uh, post match promo where he kind of talked about that. He's 54. He's still doing what he loves, and you know a lot of people are probably telling him to hang it up because he's getting too old. And he tells him, you know, to, to screw off. 
And that's a, that's a thing that you can really respect about a guy like Billy Gunn is that, you know, 54 years of age, you know, you know no stop in sight right now. And he'll, he's not going to stop until he chooses to stop because he absolutely loves the business. And that's what you need in a guy that gets to be that, you know, in that legendary status is you want a guy that loves to be around it instead of being like, oh, it's just another paycheck. Well, here's, the, here's the difference, too. So the difference between him and someone like Greg the Hammer Valentine who hurts me to watch him get in the ring. But the other thing with, with guys like Billy Gunn, they're smart, too. So they're not doing some of the things they did when they were in their 30s because they don't have to. They can do... They can keep it simpler. They can work smarter, not harder, right? right? He's not taking 45 bumps in a match like he, he had to do in the past. So he's preserving his body, and he's able to do this and probably not put as much wear and tear as he would have yeah. if he were, you know, because he doesn't need to. What? Well, you don't I mean, need even, to. even if you look at the match, it took him a few minutes to actually do any actually sort of contact because right. they didn't need to do anything off the, right off the gate, you know. You know, tease, tease the lockup, you know, work outside, you know, get the crowd really riled up and everything. And, you know, in some cases when you get later in the night, some people just have a have a couple drinks in them. So, come on, just fight already. But nobody did that with this. You know, they were they were, they were were pissed that nobody's wrestling, but not in the way it's like, oh, I just want to fight and see who fights and fuck. But, but they weren't. They weren't mad in the where oh, yeah, they say boring. Bo- they were mad where they're like, hey, let's put heat on the heel. Because... Exactly. They knew how to do it. They knew how to tell the story. They knew how to do the dance. And they did the dance, and everybody, you know, fed off of it. So that was a great semi-main event. Yeah, absolutely. This main event has been something that had been building for a while. And and let's set it all up. So you had Sadis, who's your current champ. Yes. And really, truly, truly one of the best people I've ever met in this business. That's a shoot, okay? You had Joey Avalon, who later on it was referenced that, you know, he's one of the best unsigned talents in the Midwest. That's Without true. Without a doubt. That is absolutely true. This guy has it. Like, he has that next level uh, charisma. He's got it. He's yeah. the next total package. Then you have a guy, Jordy Lee, who has been around for a while, but, man, the last two years for this kid have been amazing. And I can call anybody a kid except I'm 46, so it's no disrespect to Jordy. I know he's not a kid. Right. But... My goodness, like, so what What a great chemistry. What What great, you have, you know, the, the veterans in Sadist. You have the superstar in, in the making in Joey Avalon. And you have uh, uh, Jordy Lee, who, again, is the, the rising guy. star. And let me tell you something about um, how good and what I, I respect Avalon so much. And you just wonder if his tag team partner, Mark Freeby, hadn't had some weird scheduling things where they had to split up that tag team, if we'd even really realize how good Joey Avalon right. was. Because he was wrestling exclusively tag matches as the Inkjet Express. And it was a great tag team. But man, oh man, like, what a what a great way to uncover this this, this freaking gem. Well, let, me, let me even go further than that. There was a time that Avalon wasn't wrestling at all. He hung it up. What if he would have never came back? Yeah, right. We would have never seen the Joey Avalon we're seeing now if he would have just said, you know what? I did it for a couple years. Cool. I'm done. Right. You know, because, you know, there's that's something that gets talked about a lot is that he wasn't having fun in the wrestling business. You know, he didn't enjoy where he was, and he was going to call it quits. Some of the best things I've seen, and I, I've had a lot of wrestling shows, right? Some of the best things I've seen in the last five years... Just about all of them include Joey Avalon mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And uh, it's, it's, you know, I don't want, I'm not 
trying to be, you know, a mark about this. I'm just talking from a guy who's been in this business a long time. I can appreciate that, man. Like, right. that's awesome. And I feel honored and privileged to have been able to see a lot of this, and it's been great. So this match had all these dynamics, triple threat match, right. set up, you know, over the last couple months with, the, you know, Sadist and Avalon feuding for quite a while. Right. And then uh, Jordy Lee inserting himself in the main event by cashing in his scramble token from last year, and that's how this triple threat got set. Right. And, 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 of course, you know, when they were setting up the Sadist Avalon at the four-year anniversary, a lot of people could kind of see their writing on the wall. You know, they're like, okay, we're seeing another Sadist Avalon match, which I don't think anybody would have been opposed to. Right, right. They always, you know, Sadist and Avalon can have a thousand matches, and it will always be different. Right. And that's what you need in that kind of chemistry. You need to always make it interesting. You need to make it refreshing so people aren't like, okay, cool, seeing this a hundred times already. So I was already in the impression, okay, that's what they're working towards. And then Jordy inserts himself in the match. Oh, something a little different. So then we get to see, you know, Jordy in that position where he gets to prove why he deserves to be in that position. We get to see the familiarity of Sadis and Avalon. And obviously these three have great chemistry with each other. So the match wasn't boring. No, no, and it, and, no. And that's the, that's the biggest thing you work with with a with a show that's kind of running late. We were kind of pushing around the 10 o'clock time. The crowd never died. Ex- absolutely. The crowd, no, died. the crowd might have been silent. But they weren't dead. Well, they but but they were they slow. But I think that was intentional. This triple that they slow built it. Right. Okay. They slow built it. They started with the strategy of 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 Avalon and Jordy double teaming mm-hmm. Sadis and taking them out. Right. And the crowd obviously you know the, the heels are, are up and they're like oh and then they built and they built and they built and they ended up at the end thanking all three of them which we'll get to in a minute. But, right. but so I'm watching this match. I'm thinking about it. But even before the show, I'm like, all right. So how are they going to do this? Are we going to see Sadis retain because, you know, he's this great, you know... Chief, right. Uh, or are we going to see uh, Joey Avalon, who's this company's Ric Flair? And I don't mean with the ropes and the get, but I just mean with the deck, you know... Sure, sure. Multiple-time champion, uh, tried and true, never a bad match. Or are we going to see Jordy Lee because he's the rising star and will he be anointed tonight? So right. you could have gone with either way and it would have been a good story, a good ending to, the, sure. to this story. Let me, let me just clarify because, I mean... Yeah, the crowd might have been, you know, silent for for a minute or two during the match, but they weren't dead. And by that I mean like I could I saw everybody just watching. You know, they weren't they were like, oh whatever, I'm on my phone, because that's the worst thing if a crowd is silent because they don't care. Right. You know, that they're they're tired, they're just kinda on their phone, they're zoning out. But everybody had their eyes focused on the ring. They wanted to see what happened. They didn't necessarily want to cheer or boo. They just wanted to watch in admiration. This which, is this is a smart crowd too, and yeah. and I don't mean and, and there's a difference between a smart crowd and smarts. I hate smarts. Yeah. Really this is a smart crowd. They knew they were going to see something special, and they know how to take it in. Uh, they like to be worked. They like to be part of this. This. They like to get sucked in. And I am not blowing smoke. I, I, I seriously, I, I, I tell it like it is. These are the best fans in Wisconsin because every, there's great fans all over. There's great fans in Milwaukee and it's great. But I go to a lot of shows in Milwaukee and there's usually a couple jerks like, ah, I'm a stats fan. Oh, you're soft. Yeah, every, yeah, right. The person right. that knows everything. Yeah. There's none of that here. Yeah. People are here to be entertained and appreciate what they're seeing. And I, I, I yeah. so I really love it. And the match was great. And uh, in the end, you know, Sadis retains. Yep. 
and you know they do a show of respect. You know they get all three. Mercedes gets all three men up. You know shakes Joey Avalon's hand. He leaves, praises uh, uh, Jordy Lee's. You know he's saying that he, you're the next guy. You're the guy to come. You're the guy who's going to be there for quite a while. Right. And uh, it was a great way to end because that's you talk about sending the, the fans home happy. Not only does you know your guy win, champ retains. But every, the, the respect, the respect back and forth between the wrestlers and the fans, and, and uh, it, it was it was amazing. And I, I'm almost missing one of the other highlights that had nothing to do with the in the ring stuff, right? So this is a great show, but they're already talking about their second annual convention. Now last year they drew a thousand people. They brought in Bret Hart. There's a new arena here in Oshkosh that opened up where the uh, D League team plays. Beautiful new building. It holds a couple thousand people. It was announced April 21st. They will be having a show there, and Ryback is the first announced big star. It's going to be an arena show. I am absolutely beside myself with a chance to work in in, in something that's going to feel like as close to the big time as yep. I've ever worked. And that's the, and the, the important thing to mention, too, is that ACW is getting the first ever wrestling that the Oshkosh Arena will have before WWE, before Ring of Honor, before anybody. Yep. And a lot of cases, it's you know a play, you know a show has a house show, and then the independent wrestling follows suit if they're big enough. In this case, it's the opposite, where the the flag is planted by ACW, and then I'm sure WWE and Ring of Honor will be there eventually, but ACW gets first dibs, and that's a milestone within itself. One hundred percent. I can't think of a better way for the only thing that's gonna be you know that's gonna be the icing on the cake is I wanna to get to Evil Roy Slade's, um, get a couple of drinks in me and, and uh Absolutely and do this again uh, in January when ACW returns on the nineteenth. Definitely. So really quick before we wrap things up, Scott, we did this last time with Legacy. Um, anything in your personal opinion, hindsight booking, if you were in charge, was there is there anything you would tweak at all? Or is everything perfectly laid out the way it should have been. This was as close to perfect as you can get. Uh, honestly, this is an A across the board. There's nothing I would have changed. The flow was good. Sure. When when the crowd is still hot, three hours into a show, three hours plus into a show, you've done something right. ACW hit a home run today, and it's a great way to cap off their year. And like I said, 2018 is right around the corner. Absolutely. And then you make sure to follow... ACW on Facebook, ACW Wisconsin, same with their Twitter and Instagram, um, ACW underscore Wisconsin for Twitter and Instagram, I should uh, mention. Um, again, they'll be back in January. Um, I'm sure we'll be here for that. Uh, you know, so, yeah. So, again, Scott, thanks for doing this. Check check out Scott on the Ross Family Matters podcast. A lot of shenanigans on that show. Always a great show to listen to. It's a great way to kill time on the road because you're just listening to the banter and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm here. That's right. Yeah, keep on listening. We appreciate anybody who's listening to that. I appreciate the opportunity to do this as well. And I know we'll be at more shows and I'm always open to do this. Fantastic. Well, hopefully we can keep doing this in the future. Hopefully people are enjoying the content. Uh, Let us know what you think on the Grapple Talk Network page. Facebook.com slash The Gravel Talk and follow us on Twitter as well. For Hot Shot Scott Williams, AC Riley talking about ACW's four-year anniversary. We'll be right back. Oh, hello. Do you like talking about life and the fun you have with your friends and 
games you play with each other, and memories you've had over the course of time. <sighs> Nothing's better than family, folks, and here at the Ross Family Podcast, we really love having fun. Myself, Jack Spade, Victor Ross, Scott Williams. A turtle. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, who the hell are you, <laughs> Isaac? For the latest pro wrestling news, keep it locked to www.gerweck.net. Gerwick.net. Pro wrestling since 1997. Tune into the Indie Power Rankings reveal every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio, Filling the Void Radio Network. You can also subscribe to Filling the Void Radio Network on iTunes. Give a follow to the Indie Power Rankings on Twitter at Indie Power Ranking, no GS. Instagram at Indie Power Rankings. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Indie Power Rankings. You can also go to the website where you can see the top 10 for the week, the tag team top 5, anything else independent wrestling related, Indie Power Rankings, IPR.wordpress.com. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out another great time down in oshkosh wisconsin for acw over at the masonic center always a great venue always a great time uh very fun show very interesting to be part of that as the commentary team uh being very fortunate to be part of acw you know in multiple certain uh aspects as a wrestler as a commentator um, as a manager just all over and of course i know that scott is in the same boat that you know he appreciates being uh, the ring announcer for so long, you know, he's basically been there from day one, if not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, again, apologies for this getting out so late. ACW was on December 1st, and this is getting broadcasted and published about December 9th, so a little bit behind schedule. Um, so that being said, there's going to be kind of like a double header of Riley Factors as uh, we broke down BCW not too long ago, and that'll be coming up on the Grapple Talk Network as well. Also, I uh, just want to mention that I'll be on the Ross Family Matters broadcast with Scott Williams, with the Ross family. Uh, I was over in Milwaukee uh, for a Silas Young seminar, which was amazing. Uh, learned so much good stuff there. It was a great weekend. It was actually uh, the weekend of ACW. Um, so it was a great experience. Uh, learned so much. And again, thank you to Silas Young and Angel Armani for uh, you know being the teachers of the seminar. You know, Silas Young, it was his seminar. Uh, a lot of wisdom to pass on to myself and 17 other individuals. Met a lot of great guys. Uh, you know, some people I've you know maybe seen in the Wisconsin scene and the uh, Minnesota scene, um, but some guys even coming down from like St. Louis, Texas, California. You know, people made the very long trips just to make it to Milwaukee on a cold Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, just to learn about multi-man matches and what it means to really make the best out of the uh, situation that a lot of people tend to dread. But uh, yeah, without further ado, thank you again for listening to The Riley Factor. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash ACRileyWI. You can also follow me on Twitter at WrongAlexRiley. That's my, also my Instagram handle and my uh, PlayStation Network handle as well. I, uh, I fancy myself a bit of a gamer here and there. 
Um, and then you can also check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrongAlexRiley. Get yourself a AC Riley t-shirt. Um, a lot of great deals all, always uh, during the year at ProWrestlingTees.com. So take advantage of it by getting one of my shirts. I'd really appreciate it. That about does it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Keep your eyes peeled for the Ross Family Matters broadcast where I will be a guest. And also keep your eyes peeled for the BCW breakdown of their last show of 2017. That's all here on the Grapple Talk Network. Follow them at the Grapple Talk on Twitter and then follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Grapple Talk. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.